Hello. This time we find ourselves in a small Italian village where the bucolic pace of country life is interrupted by black magic, sexual awakening, and oh yes, some grisly child murders. In Lucio Fulci's 1972 masterpiece, Don't Torture a Duckling, aka Non si servizia un paparino. So take some orange juice to the nice lady who lives upstairs and join Dave Thomas, that's me, and John Deere for episode 7 of Due Signori in Giallo. Ah, oh, she was born here. Her father made a fortune in the land. Come on, I won't bite you. I'm coming. Apparently, she was implicated in a drug scandal a few months ago. I don't know any of the details, but her father seemed to think she'd better stay here. I wouldn't say she's your most devout parishioner. I know. In fact, it's only since she arrived here that funny things have been going on. What do you mean? Nothing. It's just sometimes you get suspicious of everyone. In this episode, our discussion touches on themes of gendered violence, child killing, underage sex, drug use and mental illness. Today we're looking at Don't Torture a Duckling from from 1972, directed by Lucia Fulci, which so far is, um, well, so far down my down my very limited journey of, of Jali, Everything has been ostensibly urban. I know we go. Yep. I know we enjoy the the setting of an out of season holiday um, destination in in the possessed, mm-hmm. but this is the first one that's in a rural environment, and we have the the encroach of modernity with the the the, the backdrop of there's a, there's a new road being 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 constructed so the first thing that was brought to mind for me for this was the first series of, of League of Gentlemen but, <laughs> but but uniquely insofar as uh, the episodes that we've that we've done is that there's uh, a strong play of uh, a village-wide uh, superstition and attitude and community uh, that's very much at odds with uh, the distinctly urban, and indeed, when I first um, when I first started this, and I commented that uh, the woman who saw too much reminded me of um, reminded me of noir, and now mm. we've gone somewhere. Now we've gone somewhere in, in, incredibly different. As this is rural rather than rather than urban, why is it included as a as a giallo? Or indeed, the slightly wider question. Are we saying that a uh, urban setting is not an intrinsic uh, ingredient for a shallow? Uh, it's not an intrinsic ingredient, although it's quite unusual to have that rural setting, which is one of the reasons why I included it. But there really only is a small number of the overall vast uh, plethora of, of jelly that are set outside of that, you know, sort of middle to upper class glamorous urban setting. Mm-hmm. Um and really, the only ones that immediately leap to mind are this and uh, the house with laughing windows, um, Ooh, which yeah. is an yeah, which is another you know really terrific, really uh, quite similar thematically in this because a lot of that is about uh, when we'll get onto this, but a lot of that is about you know religion and and the power of religion within a superstitious superstitious community. So. The fact that it's it has this rural setting is one reason why I included it. Uh, another reason is because if you're talking about Italian horror or and Italian thrillers, and you know, to be honest, I, I tend to think of Jallo really at, of a piece with horror. Um, you know, as, as Mike, Michael Coven said, it's kind of a bridging between thriller and horror. Um, and if you're going to talk about that, you can't talk for very long without getting to Lucio Fulci, uh, and so. Fulci made a, a a number of jally during his career, as well as maybe the stuff he's better remembered for, which is like you know the zombie films and the Gates of Hell movies uh, trilogy and all of that. But personally, I think his jally are his best films. And whilst there is some debate about which is the best one, this is the best one. <laughs> and 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 to there's be no honest, debate with you. There's no debate with you. The, 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 there really isn't. I mean, I th- I think I think Lizard and a Woman's Skin from the previous year comes close, but I think this this is I think this is a magnificent film. Are um, you talking specifically about this is his best jelly? Or his uh, best I, film? I, to be honest, I would pick this as his best film. Okay. Um, I've seen City of the Living Dead and I've seen The Beyond. 
I think that's, yeah. I think, yeah, and I would, yeah, I, 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 I certainly like his his supernatural horrors, or well, <laughs> some mm-hmm. of his supernatural horrors because you know Fulci when he's when he's good, he's very very good, and when he's bad, you get Manhattan Baby. But this, I think, is is just a, for for the genre for him. Uh, I think this is a really just a standout piece, you know, the equal of anything from from anybody else, from Argento or whoever. Um, I, I think it's just extraordinary, um, and it has some very interesting elements that we will discuss at length. I think. Indeed. Um, do you want to say a bit more about where Fulci sits in the pantheon of, Itali- of, of, of Italian directors? He's, as for reasons you've, 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 you've just said, he has a slightly more mixed reputation in, in, in yeah. film than, than other genre directors of horror. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, he's an interesting guy because he, we, we keep touching on this idea of, of, sort of dynastic and uh, <laughs> nepotistic mm, mm. Uh, avenues into the film industry uh, for a lot of the directors we've talked about so far. In fact, I think all of them. Um, Fulci really doesn't come from that background. Um, so he had uh, done a few jobs before he got into film uh, and he'd been, amongst other things, he'd been an art critic. He'd been a medical student briefly, um, given some of his visuals that disturbs that, that, me well that's exactly even, where mine even, yeah. that's exactly where my mind went because you know one thing that you you note it, note about Fulci and particularly in this period um, is how kind of wild and, and kind of graphic he goes with, with the gore um, and that you know part, part of his reputation I think is a, perhaps a little unfairly but maybe justified as time goes on is that you know he's he's basically just a gore director particularly in the mm. kind of zombie films where it's all about the kind of the splatter um he went to uh, i'm going to try not to mangle this film school centro sperimentale di cinematic cinematographica almost made it um which is you know antonioni and visconti were teachers there you know so okay. so you know he, he had a, he a, skipped their classes <laughs> <laughs> so he had a fairly highbrow kind of film education i guess um, and he entered the business in in 1948. So you know he he'd been in in the film industry for a long time by this period. Uh, and initially he was a writer and a, assistant director, um, and he mostly worked on comedies. Yeah, you know, up until kind of the late 60s when the the Giallo cycle kind of kicks in, he was doing like comedy and rock and roll movies and. Um, you know, not he certainly wasn't a horror guy. I mean, again, his the Italian comedy tends not to travel very well. Um, the the only one I've seen is, is it sexist? Um, yeah, well, uh, I don't know what it is. So, so the only one I've seen is a film called The Maniacs, which um, you know, for for a faulty film called The Maniacs that's got Barbara Steele in it, you know, you'd be mm. forgiven for expecting uh like an interesting gothic horror but it's not it's basically like a sort of comedy vignettes about italian society the the film it most reminded me of you know the magnificent seven deadly sins yes yeah it's it's sort of like that um do in in case people don't know the the magnificent seven deadly sins do you want to do you want to expand on that um it's a comedic anthology from i'm sometime in the 70s i think uh and it, each vignette is based on one of the seven deadly sins. And as I recall, I think there's like one funny one with Spike Milligan in it, which I think is sloth. Uh, and then the rest is is pretty forgettable. I seem to remember Madeline Smith playing a sort of busty ingenue because, you know, mm. playing playing against type. It's directed by uh, Graham Stark, who's um, uh, he's in like a couple of the Pink Panther films and mm. um, Alfie and things, isn't he? So it's kind of like that. I, I can't honestly hand on heart say um, I chuckled at any point. Um, no. but it, it's kind of interesting um, and the first Jello he did was six, 68 or 69 I think um, which is a film that's very, uh, variously known as one on top of the other or perversion story and that's a pretty fun one it's so it's got Jean Sorel who we saw in The Sweet Body of Deborah and he actually said it was inspired specifically by the sweet body of deborah which okay. he, which he really liked and he said that Romo, romolo Guerrieri 
um, was a distinguished unknown director because he wasn't better known. And he wasn't... I mean, Fulci is quite an enigmatic character. He... um, he could be prone to uh, violent or, or angry outbursts, uh, particularly towards his actors. Um, okay. And he was pretty ambivalent about Argento. Uh, and he kind of was quite dismissive of Bird with Crystal Plumage, which given that he, his kind of key jelly kind of fall into that cycle, I think he was quite keen to differentiate them. Um, but he couldn't, he said he about Bird with Crystal Plumage, he couldn't understand why everyone was shouting about this miracle, um, which is a little, uh, a little harsh perhaps, but I, I kind of, he, he uh, Stephen Thrower said he was kind of reacting against Argento's icy cosmopolitan chic, which I think is quite definitely true in this movie. Is Fulci from a, a, a more rural background, or was that just his taste in taste in film? In t- or his, his style? Yeah, he was indeed born in Rome. So no, was he? Okay, so that's that we'll, we'll change that. Okay. Uh, but right, yeah, clearly okay, there's, but, um, there was something going on. I, I think thematically, he just had uh, an interest definitely in this movie because his previous his previous two Jallo his previous two Jally, sorry, um, do fit the formula you know much more closely so perversion story is doing that kind of seven uh 60s sexy jello kind of urban thing lizard in a woman's skin is set in london so i, I think we mentioned before that it, it has a lot of similarities with um all the colors of the dark in terms of like the setting and the, yeah again it's very that that sort of upper middle class um they're all like barristers in in the plot mm. so it's quite so it's not really doing this this rural thing so really he only did it this once um in terms of jelly but he definitely had th- there was some stuff he was trying to get out uh that that kind of feeds into this about the difference between you know Italy the very industrialized affluent north and the superstitious um rural kind of poor south and that kind of divide inequality and the, you know obviously the the uh, influence of the church uh, which he was also i mean he was a catholic but he sort of I, I think was had some issues with with being a catholic even though he was one well i mean that's that's different to being a catholic say in britain isn't it probably or you're not exactly a minority in in in, in yeah italy, in post-war italy that, yeah you know, it's, um, so, so there's a there's an awful lot going on in this movie, including some really quite uh, shocking scenes. That even now, and this is something that that I kind of wanted to point out. If for folks who haven't seen the film, um, you should go and watch it and come back because we're going to spoil the hell out of it, I imagine. Um, yes, but thus far, and I know we're still quite early in the cycle, but I mean, you you kind of picked up when we watched um, Bird with Crystal Plumage. Yeah, at the time, I think it was probably shocking in its um, sexual violence and violence generally. But it is, as, as, you know, as you said, it's it's still relatively min- minimal with what came later. Um, this, even now, I, you watch, and I think there are points where you kind of both blanch and you go, "Can you do that?" I mean, not least of which because we're dealing here with, I think, over the course of the film, what three children are murdered. Is it the three children we see at the beginning? Yeah, I and, th- it's the three kids, and I think possibly there's even has there been a previous one, or does it start with the murder of the first child? No, I think they've. No, I, I think, think you're right. I think it's just like all, the three. Yeah, or there's, the there's already three there's shitty already, kids. Yeah, there's three kids uh, who uh, are running over uh, some fields to watch some locals have sex with sex workers. Yeah, and there is a. They are not alone. There is another character, an, an older man, who you would now call neurodivergent. I yep. assume that's not what, how he would have been referred to in contemporary reviews. Mm. Um, and they taunt him as he is clearly has learning clearly has learning difficulties. Mm. And uh, at the they also taunt um, a reclusive. Uh, well, the, I mean, this deals as uh, again with a. a, a um, both a staple of rural horror, but a staple also of treatment of women who fit, who don't really fit into society's um, uh, obvious structures. They also taunt a local a local woman who lives apart from the village, lives in more primitive surroundings, and you know they essentially 
thinks she's a witch. Um, and she looks you know, like she, one. Well, also, admittedly, she acts like one as well yes, because she goes away. She uh, she takes the bones of a re- of a buried child and conducts some sort of ceremony with them, and then starts mm. putting um, heads through the sorry pins through the heads of dolls, three mm. dolls, which you're clearly meant to understand are the three children. And mm. uh, over the course of the film, the three children die. Uh, in quite, I mean, it, it's not in mis- not so much mysterious circumstances. I mean, the third one, I think you see that they're killed in a conventional manner. They, you know, I think they're strangled. Mm. Uh, but the point is, there is a child killer in this small town come village. Yeah, and you know, so obviously, suspicion, and this could be in, often in any rural drama that you want to take out, comes from the people that are perceived as different, and they are yep. the neurodivergent character. And the the woman who they they regard they 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 regard as a witch. Now all of those things you know are, are touchstones for 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 films and literature and mm. stories. Um, universal they 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 they're, they're universal themes. But there's something I think uniquely Italian or at least uniquely giallo about the way this is presented. None of those mm. stories particularly have a prepubescent boy having a conversation with a totally naked girl. Sorry, totally naked woman, basically saying, "Come on, you want it, don't you? Ha ha!" But you're too young. Well, and and so because really there are sort of three suspects on which the film throws suspicion. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I think in the film they refer to him as a lunatic. Uh, so the the unfortunate um, neurodiverse character, as you mentioned, he's called Giuseppe, by the way. Giuseppe, yeah, yes. Um, who's a bit of an uh, played by Vita Passeri, who, who's a bit of an obvious red herring, to be honest. If you, yeah. if you've watched any of these and and horror in general, it's like, oh, it's the local loony. No, it's not. It's it's definitely not. But, well, but they're well, going to arrest him. Yeah, sure. I mean, they have and, they have and, a scene where basically he they they have a rather obvious thing that someone demands money from the ch- before the second. Well, I think it's the first or second boy is is recovered mm. and dead. They demand money for the return of the boy. Obviously, mm. they tell them where to put it. They tell them where they want the money put. The police then set a trap, and mm. it's Giuseppe that's the money. So he's obviously the killer, and you get the town's hysteria as yep. you would for uh, as you would for a child killer. But all he's done is try and exploit the situation uh, to yes. try and to try and to try and make some money. He didn't kill the kids, and of, and yes. it would be deeply unsatisfying in a narrative sense if if he did simply because he, it's it's so obvious, and there would be no sort of deeper message to that and, yeah. and you know not an unproblematic way of saying a person with learning difficulties and and, and and mental health issues is a danger to children which wouldn't be which which seems to be a step too far even in this film yeah yeah i mean i think possibly Fulci's even commenting on on that that yeah you know they, they instantly assume that is the case but clearly there's there are other factors going on um and then uh, so the second suspect as you said is is uh florinda balkan's character of of the witch or the sort of the uh the the black magic woman makiara who is distrusted by the villagers just because you know she's a weird outsider and then the third character who is also distrusted as a weird outsider and notably also female is patrizia played by barbara boucher who as you said is the the character who um gives the come on to like an 11 year old kid um, just basically to amuse herself, um, and you know her, her character is all kinds of fascinating. Um, yeah, she's a she's I, an, she's a rich um, urbanite, isn't she? Who's been yes. sort of told to 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 stay out of the way uh, by her father. Is that right? She's yeah. Done, so yeah. she she kind of represents the um, affluent north and the the problems of the big city really uh so she's had problems with drugs and has been sent back to her family's ancestral home i guess or childhood home to kind of sort herself out um and, and there's a there's a wonderful bit where she apparently so she her house and the the, the room in which uh, she has this problematic encounter is incredibly uh, modern, 70s modern, uh, as opposed to the rest of the village, which is mm. you know, sort of ancient rural. And there's a line of dialogue. So her, so the, that particular boy's mother is uh, her housekeeper or sort yep. of servant cook, whatever. Um, and so he's dispatched up to the room with her orange juice. Um, and she's basically sunbathing naked. And rather than 
uh you know gr- grab a robe or say you know don't you knock or whatever she's just like oh you know uh want some of this um but there's the, a the wonderful line about um her, her father built the house in a very modernistic style specifically to annoy the townspeople <laughs> so the whole the whole setup of that character is this outside irritant and all kinds of stuff going going on with with mm-hmm. that, that that we'll touch on to what extent then um let, wider than possibly just just outside of the film mm. are we are we tapping onto the sort of um social politics of 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 italy are we i mean the 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 rural so the rural areas are more to the south is that correct yes that's right. so we so we here like flipping um the u k or indeed probably england on its mm. on, on, on on its head this is Potentially, someone who is wary of looking at, uh, with a slightly patronising tone, how the the richer, more cosmopolitan north of Italy looks with some disdain on the on the southern, more rural areas. Yeah, and this could be personified by saying that um, she comes from this area, but she thinks herself potentially better, or her mm-hmm. father thinks herself potentially better, uh, and acts with a, a privileged arrogance mm. while she sort of walk, walks, walk, walk, walks among the locals. And that's the personification of that sort of movement is, is, is personified in, 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 in her. Is that fair to say? Or is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's very absolutely true. I think there's a whole ton of stuff going on with that character as we see as the film goes on you know she, she also has some fairly clear psychological issues um yes. quite apart from the sort of um the drug use um she seems to be basically incapable of not using her sexuality as a weapon and you know i mean obviously this is a genre film there's a certain exploitative element but i think Fulci's kind of using that to kind of comment on so she's not, you know, she, she is kind of every kind of bad influence coming from the big city. Um, she's, you know, a, a drug user. She's sexually promiscuous. She's, you know, tempting the good children of the village um, with her, you know, evil nymphomaniac ways. And there is a, a line later on where um, she she's even kind of picked out as, you know, uh, I'm saying what the actual line is. But she's kind of the catalyst for all of the bad things that then subsequently happen. Now, the reason why she's the catalyst is, you know, the the the, the line is suggests well maybe she's the killer, and there is mm. there are some scenes which suggest that you know she is taking an unhealthy interest in not just that one boy, but actually all of the boys. But then there is another reason why she ultimately is the catalyst for all of the things that happen, and it's not because she's the killer. Uh, so I think, yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of, uh, I don't want to say layers because that sounds very ponty, but there's there's a whole bunch of things wrapped up in that in that character. Um, I, I did do some reading, not to fixate on this too much, but I just think it, it is such an interesting and and kind of shocking scene even now that it, there's, a, there's an element of, so it, apparently in Italy, uh, according to a couple of things that I read, um, kind of adolescent experimentation uh in, in sexuality it's actually fairly well tolerated up to a point and then you have to kind of grow out of it so i think the attitude of the audience in italy at the time to to how she behaves towards um that particular kid is michele isn't it michele wasn't it would be a hard scene michele the, the, the michele yes yes it's yeah so, the so the, boy the boy she's too yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the the reaction of the audience in Italy, I think, to how she sort of torments Michele, um, would be a different to potentially a English speaking audience in Britain or America, and also very different from our reaction now, where we're going, but that's child abuse. <laughs> but um, ab- ab- absolutely. But flip side, in Italy in 1972, you wouldn't have a fully grown man and a nine year old girl, would you? If you that would that be seen in the same way that this is seen or would you go absolutely no and I, no i don't think it would and i but then, then i also wonder if Fulci's kind of commenting on that disparity 
because this, you know, it feels a bit like, you know, and you, you occasionally see those sort of tabloid fodder headlines about, you know, there's a female teacher and a, a male pupil and the reaction, you know, in, in the age differential and the, the problem. It's almost, that, it's almost celebrated. Yeah. 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 You know, there's you know, a, there's the, a, the bloke down the pub. Well, if I was his age, I wouldn't have, you know, yeah, compl- I think you know, there's that a kind South of- Park episode about that when, yeah, Ike, uh, the brother is kidnapped or, you know, taken by, by a female teacher and the, um, Stan goes to the police and just says, you know, a teacher's basically sexually exploiting my uh, my sibling. And they're basically tooling up and going, well, we're going to get right, we're going to get this son of a bitch. You know, what's what's your sister's name? It's No, it's my brother. And they were like, oh my God, that's disgusting. No, the, what's the teacher's name? They like, they says it's a, a female teacher. And they're like, nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's not a crime. Yeah, you need to find my brother. Yeah, I'll find your brother and give him his luckiest boy in the world badge. And it's like no one's taking, <laughs> no one's taking this seriously. Um, yeah, in and that so, way. So I, I actually think, I mean, I don't know. You, you read into these things, don't you? But I, I think there's a whole I hope, ton of. I hope so. We've got a podcast on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think there's a there's so many things going on in not just in that scene, but with that character that. Uh, and again, not not to fixate on the one scene where you know Barbara Boucher is is naked in front of a of a small boy. Um, just to say that you can tell you, if you watch how the film is shot, the small boy and the naked actress are not on set together. No, indeed, um, yes. it's pretty clear that the the one shot, the one uh, moment, the brief cutaway where they're both in shot, it's pretty clearly like a a grip in a sort of the child's costume on his knees because suddenly he's about <laughs> twice as wide. Um, but I'm clearly having a good day. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do think that there's something about the heart of the film that's almost distilled in that scene and I should probably stop talking about it. <laughs> well, we've talked about um, three characters in the film that are pointed out as potential suspects, as the, mm. uh, the, 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 the killer. Um, but the our hero of, of, of the piece is uh, Andrea, isn't it? Uh, who's a journalist? Journalist, yes. Yeah. Uh, played by uh, the, the very familiar face to fans of Jelly and Italian crime films and spaghetti westerns, Thomas Millian, okay. um, in a very suspect moustache. <laughs> Thomas Millian's a very good-looking guy, and that moustache is doing him no favours. Okay, so he would have been a familiar character at the time. Sorry, a familiar face at the time to a sort of yes. a, a, yeah, a, yeah. a sort of a leading man, uh, hero yeah. figure in. Yeah, I mean, he he particularly in westerns, he was he was pretty well known. He'd actually been in um, a couple of previous Fulci movies, um, including one of Fulci's spaghetti westerns. Uh, the four of the apocalypse so um, they clearly had a, a pretty decent working relationship um, he's actually a, a he was cute another cuban actually um but he um grown up in america he'd been to the actor's studio so you know so a very sort of capable um had quite a deep background for for um in acting for some some of the material yeah. he ended up doing well this is quite an international cast i mean barbara boucher yeah. is German, isn't she? Um, yeah, uh, she was from. Um, she was born in uh, German-occupied Czechoslovakia. Oh, okay, right. So she has a little bit of the sort of Ingrid Pitt backstory of, of kind of getting out of Eastern Europe. I, I mean, she'd been on like Star Trek and The Man from Uncle and you know all kinds of stuff on on TV at that point. Okay, um, and she had sort of quite a nice line in um, Euro spy movie. She's in the original Casino Royale um, nice. before sort of working primarily in Italy and she again she did a, quite a few jelly she did uh, a bunch of crime films she's in an amicus film believe it or not um uh, yeah uh, Seth Holt Danger Route which is one of the ones that I have not yet been able to track down because it is super obscure um apparently it's not very good but I just kind of it's <laughs> amicus yeah, it's it's amicus um and it, I think it's like Richard Johnson um but you know amicus and Barbara Boucher it's like well I have to at least try and see it <laughs> This is actually quite an international cast beyond that because it's um, Florinda Balkan is uh, Brazilian, the the witch character, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. So um, yeah, another. Presume, but they were. I mean, you didn't scour the globe looking for these, as you've said. They were all working in in Italy. At the exactly. Time. Yeah. yeah. Florinda, Florinda Balkan had been had been in uh, Fortune's previous Jallo, um, right. Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Um, you know, she she was in 
very famous Elio Petri crime drama called Invest- Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion. Um, yeah, she's in a ton of films. She, uh, she's in um, Luigi Bazzoni's Footprints on the Moon, which we'll hopefully get to. Yes, um, and like a famous non-exploitation film called Flo- uh, Flavia the Heretic. Um, so yeah, she's you know th- these are all th- th- this is a great kind of f- cast of familiar faces to to Jello fans. And Mark Perel as well as the um, as the priest who uh, features heavily in the plot. <laughs> shall yes, we say? We've got, yeah, we've got to come on to uh, him. Um, with uh, sorry, sorry, you were going to say about him. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he he uh, had had some troubles with with uh, drug addiction, so he died very young. Um, he so he only made a, f- uh, a few films. He's also in uh, another Jallo. Uh, well, he's in a couple, but he's in Fulci's Jallo subsequent to this, The Psychic, which is a lot of fun. Um, I mean, very sad because yeah, God, he's so good looking, like almost obnoxiously good looking, <laughs> and he's playing a priest. Yeah, he's playing um, a priest. Very dishy one. What a what a waste. Uh, but the, uh, the, the, there's there's a there's the, uh, there's a frisson of, of you know it's how the how the women of the the village may feel about you know yeah run, Don, Al- you know, Don Alberto Don Alberto and he runs like a like a like a like a football club doesn't he like you know yes so he, for the know, boys of the village he's very yeah. concerned about the village boys um, mor- moral purity. Well, that he's may a priest, be important he later. He's a priest. He should be. That's um, indeed, presumably, what they, what they do. And I suppose the only other character worth mentioning at the moment is um, the obligatory incompetent police officer who um, <laughs> fades for even further into the background the further the, fil- the, the film goes on. When they indeed. basically have no point to the plot, they had there is there is nothing that they can contribute. Yeah, um, and the, the, uh, the cops in this they kind of they they serve a function in in some ways, and they kind of go around. Um, pointing out potential suspects or you know because yeah. there there is also um as well as uh macaria the 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 witch there is also like a local spiritual man who lives in a hut in the in the mountains who may or may not you know have have some bearing on the plot he actually doesn't particularly um but they do kind of go the, you know the police do go and talk to him to you know see if he knows anything particularly i think they're they're referencing you know does he have any dirt on Macaria? Uh, or oh, Macchiara, sorry, I keep getting that wrong. Oh, yes, that's um, Francesco, isn't it? There's mm. an interesting comparison between, I think, how they depict um, Francesco and um, Madario uh, mm. in that uh, they're both living outside of the social norm of, of Italian society. Uh, but they seem there's never really the same level of suspicion pointed at Francesco. No. Um, and in a film where they throw up fairly obvious red herrings and then mm. slay sometimes literally those those red herrings in 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 in, in fairly obvious ways. It's mm. I'm wondering if if that's I mean it could just be simple sexism, it's easier to blame the witch. Yeah. Um, but then the fact they don't really that suspect him in any way shape or form if that's meant to be a red herring in itself hmm. um because you, yeah, you, really. you concentrate quite heavily on the witch you concentrate quite heavily on the neurodivergent character yeah and you concentrate heavily on the sexy out of town lady yeah um through all these the neurodivergent character is you know is eventually shown to be innocent not least of which because a murder happens when he's under arrest yes for one of the other ones as well and there's not a lot they can there's not a lot they, they can do about that mm. um but throughout all those red herrings is there a point they want to make or that Fulci wants to make about particularly with the you know the the the, 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 the witch and francesco that mm. the the catholic church is somehow Trying to show itself in as positive light as possible. Yeah, this is the 1970s. It's not, you know, particularly. Um, it's not particularly. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not the Middle Ages. Yet you've yep. got. You've got these these people who are clearly pa- who are clearly practicing pagan rites, mm. um, and may not. And are, you know, if if not um, if not liked, then certain then then certainly tolerated. Mm. Um, is there sort of a definite sort of compare and contrast between those and and uh, the Catholic Church in the in the in in the personification of uh, Don Alberto. I think there definitely is. I think you know because what you ultimately see is you know that 
the villagers are relatively content with you know pa- paganistic uh rituals they're clearly going to the guy at least for you know charms and yeah. you know spells and things like that um you know they're kind of spitting to ward off evil all of that kind of stuff but at the same time you know they're all kind of very devoutly catholic because it's this very small isolated rural community and that yeah there there is something very pointed in the assumption that the killer is born of one kind of superstition that being the kind of pagan you know naturalistic magic with a k uh, and in fact, the, the the real killer is born of the other kind of superstition, the institutionalized religious superstition of the church. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, there, there is no doubt in my mind that that Fulci is being very deliberate there about, uh, uh, yeah, sort of pointing out that that hypocrisy. Mm. And also, I mean, I, I mean, you could say I don't know because it's a film that doesn't really seem to like anyone much. Yeah, not because exactly who comes out of it in a good light, and I'm I'm, str- I'm struggling. Because on the um, one hand, he's road you know, builders. He, maybe he's looking at the well. He's looking at the superstition in, of the villages in a fairly negative light in in both cases because both the pagan and the religious ultimately generate horrific violence. Um, but then at the same time, he doesn't really seem to like modernity or city you know, city folk either. I mean, you know that that opening and closing shot of you know the the freeway being cut through this beautiful bucolic landscape like a you know a scar mm-hmm. you know in itself is is really pointed and you know the the um the, the folks who are kind of zooming by on their way to you know nice holidays on the coast is you know is, is very deliberately kind of shown as they don't give a shit about this community or the people in it yeah i mean like like with nigel neal the the misanthropy is uh is 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 fairly evenly distributed i think yes the... very much so um that would have been a fun collaboration wouldn't it uh well nigel, nigel, neal, neal, nigel neal, oh good god that would be <laughs> uh, i'm not i'm not quite sure that would have been particularly harmonious uh relationship um so with the second of the the red herrings to be um sort of shot down quite quite um quite simply is when is when Maggiera is 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 arrested after Giuseppe is shown not to be doing it as well. But then she has a cast iron alibi for the second killing because a, 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 you know, a policeman sees her, but mm. like with the hysteria of, uh, um, with the townsfolk for Giuseppe's arrest, even when she's, um, released, she's shunned and they, you know, they spit at her as mm. well. And then, a second scene that is, I think, deeply disturbing is mm. when a group, a group of men with chains corner her in a, a local graveyard and beat her to death. Yes, uh, and that's partic- and that shown is particularly gory, like the the, the sort of visceral wounds that open on her with uh, mm. they're having they're clearly having I don't say having fun with, but they're clearly taking they're taking time over, which I found mm. a little gratuitous. You see, you you see what's happening, and then pointedly, the like the day after she dies. Another child dies, um, oh. and you're shown again and again that you know the police. The police don't know and are disliked mm. uh, because they haven't found the killer. But equally, the the mob rule uh, of the, of the the rural finger pointing mm. uh, is equally um, as. Uh, uh, impotent to, mm. to 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 find anything out, and supposedly so. The still point is the is our journalist friend uh, is um, Andrea, mm. who ostensibly gets on with everyone, but then you know you're left with uh, Patrizia as a as a pretender, but then they form sort of a double act, a sort of a, mm. a sort of a, a, lead, a, a lead man and a lead woman. With initially with the help of the police, but increasingly with the help of the of of, of the priest. But the further we go into the priest, uh, the sort of the, the 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 deeper the layers become. I think on the story, and it starts to go somewhere a bit more interesting. Um, yeah. And I liked it more as it as 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 it went on. I found the initial bits with uh, well, it might be this person, but it can't be that person, and then they're dead, or you know, mm. and then they dispose dispose of the plot. But when you meet the priest's family, when you meet his slightly reticent mother, and he has uh, disabled. Yes, and he has a um, a disabled uh, younger sister mm. who has dolls with no heads. 
yeah. yeah, yeah, which is is quite is is quite chilling. It's and a yet, clue. it is it is a clue. She's she's she, she's imitating the killer. Uh, she's strangling her dolls, and the heads are the head the heads are coming off. However, mm. that they overlay that picture of Donald Duck, which hasn't travelled as well as it as it might have done if you did that if if you if you if you, if you did that I think that looks a bit silly now I could see what they're doing and maybe it worked at the time um, well and, and you know possibly Fauci commenting on uh, Americanization and consumerism as well because um, yeah the, the the Italian title that uh, duckling is um, on paperino a paperino is actually the name of Donald Duck in Italy so it can it has both meanings so it, uh, essentially okay. it's don't torture Donald Duck but you probably wouldn't want to call it that in English uh, for obvious litigious reasons. Right, okay. Um, so, so yeah, I think... I, and it is a, a Donald Duck doll that ultimately kind of reveals the identity of the killer. So um, not by pointing him out, just by the fact that, that it's that... Priest, say the priest. That would be a very different film. Um yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's interesting just to sort of go back a step. What you were saying about um, Andrea and and Patrizia, it's like yeah, that their kind of uh, focus as the leads of the film actually happens pretty late on. It does, it? yeah. Because it's almost yeah, like it's... I think it's actually like an hour in. It's yeah. after um, Florinda Balkan's character's been dispatched. Mm. Um, so I mean, something that you know. Very noteworthy about Fulci is, you know, he does, lo- you know, he doesn't cut away from from the gruesome bits. I don't, you know, I mean, I, you know, as, as we said, the kind of medical student thing. I, I think there's, I think he likes violence to be shocking um, and and be unpleasant. Certainly in, uh, and and I think there's always a sense of kind of irony in when he's doing that. Um, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not quite the Michael Haneker, you know, sort of, well, you're still watching, aren't you? You know, that kind of, mm. um, you know, you're, you're, uh, complicit, complicit in, yeah, in, in, in the, in the violence. Um, but I think there's an, I think there's a hint of that and, and definitely, you know, in this, that scene of, of the murder is purely played for, this is absolutely horrific. Um, in stark contrast, actually, because you don't see any of the kids being killed. Now, I suspect that's probably a stylistic choice that's as much to do with you just couldn't in 1972. I suppose you see a bit of the third boy killed. Don't yeah, you? He's, out, he's, he's, he's out in the rain and he suddenly uh, and he comes across someone, mm. I suppose. But yes, the others, it, it, you never even see a build-up. You just find their yeah. bodies. Which for deaths in a Fulci film is, is quite unusual that you don't see them. Um, mm. Because in every other case, you know, he's he, uh, you boy, do you boy, do you see them? Um, mm. And you know, when you get to something like much later, like uh, in New York Ripper, where he kind of pushes that to the point where I think the irony gets lost. So I mean, I think you know, a, a lot of viewers, even fan, you know, fans who are you know hu- hugely uh, receptive to. Italian horror and, and European, you know, kind of splatter and things and will defend movies, sometimes shy away from that one because it's sort of seems so gratuitous, um, which I think, again, is kind of deliberate, but because it's so gratuitous, it kind of gets lost. Um, anyway, but that's, you know, discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, that, that as you I mean, it, it is, yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. It's, it sort of seems over the top. I think the the... The pointed part of it is then when she kind of drags herself to the side of the road and dies, um, and uh, you know all these mm. kind of rich holidaymakers are just driving by and, yeah. and oblivious because you know this this part of the world is not their problem because they're you know they're quite happy you know um, they're probably Guardian readers, um, <laughs> but they're heading off to the coast uh, for for fun and frolic. They're not Telegraph readers though, are they? That was- God, I hope not. I don't know. It's Italy. I don't know, it's Ber- you know, Berlusconi. Yeah. Well, does you know. Italy have any issues with uh, with with, with right wing press? I suspect it does. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I think it might have come yeah, up. Yes. <laughs> as we get towards the climax, and as I said, uh, I found the, the the change in shift after the the last child has died, or the last the last uh, Maricha has has died, and we have the the more conventional pairing of Andrea and and, and Parinza. Mm. Um, I initially thought, and I've I've read reviews of this that say, well, it's the, the killer is obvious. Uh, and I'm just, at what point is the killer obvious? It's obvious who it isn't. 
mm. uh, which is why I wondered when they sort of don't make too much about uh, Francesco mm. that you might think it's him because they're they're underplaying it. Mm. But I wondered if it initially, uh, my first thought when I when I went around it was that it was um, Don Alberto's mother, right? Um, Irene Pappas's character, because mm. and. You, I mean, you get to the point where you realise who the killer is early on. But I, I, I liked the fact that they were um, that she was that she clearly knew something that she wasn't that she she wasn't letting on. And I think I was also led by the fact that quite a lot of the killers have been women so far in the films that we've mm. uh, that we've done. And I found sort of and I found in this world of um, of a genre that is constantly accused of 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 of, of misogyny and problematic depiction, sorry, of of younger women. Mm. That having a middle-aged uh, female killer was a might have been an interesting comment, but I was at the end. I was going to going too deep, and the thing she's covering up is the fact she knows her son, the priest, mm. is is a is 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 a killer. And the way they find that out is um, by the clues leading from the finding a headless Donald Duck, <laughs> which is is different. And is I just don't like this. They have this that sort of superimposition. Mm. Which doesn't work, but as a plot device, I found it. I found it very interesting, and mm. they have that. And you know, they have a with again, regardless of of what sort of jello uh, this is, they have a. Well, um, Fulci certainly has an eye for the for the for the for the visual, uh, with the final mm. sort of de- denouement on a on a windswept cliff, looking mm. over, o- over overlooking the village is a, is a is a worthy. I think a, 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 a worthy conclusion, and the you mm. learn the motivation, which you know always the motivations are, are, are often a letdown in um in in a, in a narrative based drama because they have to fit the narrative, you know, they have to be slave to the narrative, and they have to make you know yep. an internal sense, even when you're dealing with someone who is you know clearly emotionally disturbed. But the mm. idea of a priest who kills children before they're corrupted by sin, so they will always be pure and go to heaven, mm. is you know it's um. I'm assuming Fulci is 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 making a a comment there, as you alluded to earlier, when you want to say whether it's whether it's Catholicism or whether it's pagan belief. You know, it's used to justify a huge amount of violence, but mm. it's very. Is it? Well, I was about to say it is, but is it? I'll ask the question: Is it brave at this time in 1972 Italy to depict a Catholic priest as a child killer. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, and I think it was somewhat influential as well because there are actually are there out and out priests who are killers in other films. I That's think what I was sort of. Yeah, I, I think there are. There are certainly somewhere you might be pointed in the direction of thinking it's a religious figure. Um, actually, House with Laughing Windows plays with that as well. But yeah, I mean this this is pretty explicit in the priest is a wrong one. I mean it kind of stops short of him also being a child molester which yes it very definitely time, doesn't there, there isn't a sexual element to it is it as well yeah. they, they're clean they're keen to point out that he kills them so they will not be corrupted he doesn't yeah. he's almost sort of sacrificing his own soul as he sees it to to keep theirs pure so they will they will, yeah they will I, i've seen it a, i've seen a couple of readings that suggest it's maybe it's implied because one you know the, there's the kind of flashback sequence as um uh, Don Alberto is meeting his grisly end. Uh, we'll talk to, about that in a second. Yeah, well. Yes, to the to the boys playing football and the way they shoot it is that sort of they're wearing these sparkling white uh, football kits and running in slow motion and kind of jumping into each other's arms and things, which I think is maybe a reach. The the other um, the other kind of clue that maybe he's a little too interested in the boys is that he doesn't seem to be particularly interested in the moral purity of the girls in the village, but then. I also think that's a factor of the, the triggering event of his killing spree is the arrival of Patricia because suddenly there's this, you know, extreme focus of temptation who's who's literally going out of her way to, you know, corrupt the minds of the children, if not physically corrupt them, just by, you know, flashing her boobs at them. So, so I, yeah, I, I mean, that's one reading. I, I think it's perhaps... I don't necessarily think that's what Fulci was going for. I think really he's... You know, he he's commenting on the superstition of religion being used to justify, as you say, you know, horrible deeds transposed against the 
superstition of paganism or you know earth magic or whatever um being used to as as the catalyst for other people to do dreadful deeds um because the the actual pagans are pretty benign really they might not like the villagers but they don't really do them any harm so yeah i think yeah there's that I mean there's all kinds of the whole thing is pointed it's pointed at lots of different people but it's all very pointed i think i hadn't really taken the um of the reading of the the interspersing of the sort of slow mo football celebrating with the priest kid, uh, with his with his de- with his very protracted de- death sequence mm. um, as anything other than um, he was a trusted figure within mm. the within the and also um, I, he loved the boys he mm. he really did and he's killing them as he sees it to do to do them a service yeah. I'm inclined uh, to he's, agree he's saving them. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's by saving them, he's saving their eternal souls by brutally murdering them. Um, and you know, from all the from all the village violence that's been exploited against the unlike, mm. it's one of the it's one of the cornerstones of both cultural, social, uh, and administrative life in the village. The priest that mm. is that, that is the killer, and no one is ever around to to mob to mob kill. The priest into into as well, yeah. um, and I think we've probably reached the point where we need to talk about um, uh, the death sequence of of the of the priest because exploding as I, face. Yeah, as I said, it's I think it's a it's it, we have this sort of effective climax where there's mm. basically a rooftop struggle involving both you know the priest's mother and the you know the disabled child who and they initially go up to you know, the disabled child they want to. They want to save because the the priest is going to kill his disabled sister mm-hmm. to basically stop her being used in evidence against him. Mm-hmm. They our heroes try and get the child off of the priest to save her. The child doesn't understand what's going on. Only that two strangers are trying to take her away from her brother, whom she loves. So she's trying to go back to the brother, mm. uh, and all in all, a really, really interestingly well-developed visual sequence, um, which is genuinely tense, mm. which ends, as you probably expect it to, with the villain, rather than the good guy, going off the cliff and falling to their death. Mm. But that description doesn't do it justice. No. <laughs> because we cut to the priest as he falls. How many times is it? Four? Uh, something like that, yeah. I, now, I, I haven't on, on, dissected it. Yeah, uh, forensically, but it is a bunch, and that is into as he falls, it is, is interspersed, as you said, with um, memories of the priest uh, playing football with the boys, and uh, yeah. generally positive, positive images as as the child killer himself dies. But you know, yeah. um, he's falling to his death, uh, which it isn't a clean fall. He's falling against the rock face. Now, there's two things I think you take away from this because. Uh, you're more knowledgeable in this area than I am, but mm. for me, this is a unique sequence. I have never seen anything like this in any other film. I've seen where they've cut a couple of times to, you know, a person hits the rock before they fall completely, and they are mutilated by the the effects of the fall before reaching, you know, the the bottom, as it were. But mm. here, he falls. I say he, the somewhat obvious dummy upside yes. down. <laughs> close to camera falls and continues to scrape his face along the rock face in slow incre- motion in slow motion mm-hmm. increasingly ripping bits out of his face as they go fl- as bits of his face go flying everywhere until what's left of him falls in long shot uh at the bottom of the the hill or the ravine depending on the topographical geography uh, is, I'll leave to someone more, more, more experienced <laughs> than, than myself. Um, but the fact is, we have slow motion close up of a dummy having its face exploding um, as a drawn out sequence to the death. And, you know, it's an ending. And I was, you know, it's a film overall I enjoyed. Mm. I certainly enjoy the latter, the latter part more than the former part. Um, mm-hmm. Once we start to get a layered interest in the characters of the priest and his and his family, mm. uh, as I've as I've already said, and I really enjoy the climactic sequence on the on the clifftop, as I said. But boy, the sequence of the priest's death is is 
like nothing else <laughs> and not necessarily in a good way <laughs> fucking hell yeah i mean so you um i've seen it once uh one other time which is in Lucio Fulci's subsequent Jello, uh, which is 1978, I think. Um, uh, variously known as the Psychic and a much better Jello title, Murder to the Tune of the Seven Black Notes. Amazing. Um, which is a terrific film. Um, and he actually opens with basically the same effect. So someone committing suicide in the opening scene, uh, and as she throws herself over a cliff, they do the same face you know, unconvincing dummy exploding face hitting the rocks as she goes. Um, so he clearly liked that effect. Um, yeah, he, 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 he watched that back and went, yep, going to use that again. Yep. And six six years later, he watched back and goes, nope, I'm going to do that exactly the same way again. Pretty much, like shot for shot. It's it's um, it's Christ. quite uncanny. Oh, yeah. God. It has to... I, I don't want to say I, I don't like it because that does it. I just... I just doesn't quite fit dramatically and doesn't have the same artistic merit as what's the scene that immediately <laughs> precedes it but it is jaw-dropping in its unique audacity well, um, i think i think that's that kind of sums up Fulci really because yeah. the, there's a tension between because i think one of the reasons why he spent a long time being dismissed is just like the you know the splatter guy is because of scenes like that. And in all his films, you know, you've got the scenes where, you know, you kind you, you're kind of watching through your fingers. I mean, you know, the, these days in Blu-ray and 4k, you can kind of see where the joins are. So potentially they're less gruesome back in the day on a sort of third gen VHS. It's like, did they really just shove that piece of wood into that woman's eye? You know, it's just, yeah, it, it's really full on. And, and that can potentially, as you say, you know, distract from the fact that he's a, remarkable filmmaker in terms of the, the shots he creates and um you know some of his you know, sort of stylistic flourishes because you immediately go from the you know uh, don alberto's body on the on the grass and then it pans up back to the shot of the road going through the valley yeah which is where does. we came in yeah um you know and sort of the, the, the that sort of circularity of you know and nothing's changed nothing has changed the exactly. outside world hasn't even noticed yeah is, exactly so and i will never forget that sequence that i will that whatever i see however long it is until i watch don't talk to a duckling again that sequence will to misquote Stephen Fry, forever remain pasted into the photo album of my memory. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah I think that's that's one of the reasons why Fortune has as many detractors as fans. Probably, um, I mean I'm a fan, but I oh I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying uh, it, he has a visual flourish that 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 meant that that's, uh, that sequence will not stay in my mind because yeah. it's necessarily a bad sequence. No, no, it, it, it'll stay in my mind because it's a unique sequence, and I can't mm. believe you did that. And no, he doesn't particularly get away with it, but God, he he had guts for trying it. Yeah. And and if it wasn't, I mean, if it. I mean, I was about to say, if it wasn't for the fact that it was a dummy, I mean, physics notwithstanding, like he'd bounce away from the from the rock a <laughs> sure. bit, yeah, rather than just scrape down the rock. Um, but the, uh, the the whole sequence itself will um, will linger um, just because there are so. I mean, okay, you've said it's it, he he does it again, but mm. apart outside of two uh, two Fulci films, I that sequence might not exist in any other film and therefore it's 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 memorable i can't believe you did that the lucio fulci story yes yes does he have an autobiography or a biography um he doesn't have an autobiography i don't think um there are uh some really good books on him the the stephen thrower one which i think is called splintered visions um, which is a big coffee table tome is absolutely fantastic so mm-hmm. um link in the show notes um but yeah, he's uh, sometimes misunderstood, sometimes possibly exactly understood. Uh, <laughs> which sometimes might, misjudged. Which, which might also be an issue. I mean, you know, and and like so many of his contemporaries, you know, the the longer you go, the worse it gets in terms of you know his his yeah. later career. Um, yeah, Enigma and the Death by Snails um, is, is another sequence that you won't forget, though you probably might try. Um, well, I've seen I've seen slugs, so that involves death by gastropods. You know, that, yeah, we, we cover that off. Yeah, 
I mean, the the thing with the, uh, the the scene in Enigma is, you know, she could just get up and brush the snails off, but whatever. Um. Well, yeah, that's what the guy in Slugs could do. Like, you know, yeah, I, I, I get I get true. they're painful, but if it's literally life and death, you'd probably try a bit harder, wouldn't wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you? But the, the point is, it might not be unique in the way that this sequence yeah, is, exactly. is, is is unique. Yeah. Uh, but it's um, if you haven't watched the film, when, well, we, boy, we fucking ruined it for you. Yeah. Um, you, should, you should, you really should. It's okay. it's it's uneven, but it's uh, it's 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 very interesting. You should kind of go and watch, watch the beginning and the end. Yeah. God. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Next time, John and I attempt to unpack just what the hell is going on in Francesco Barilli's The Perfume of the Lady in Black. Please join us then. So, how do you want to start? How do we normally start these things? (laughs)